The U.S. defense industry is large, complex, and competitive. It is also lucrative for those companies able to navigate it successfully. The American Society of Military Comptrollers helps bridge the gap between the boardroom and the battlefield while supporting transformation in the defense sector. The Business of Defense podcast brings you inside the companies working to achieve this directly from the business leaders and to understand how they create value for their companies and their customers. For more information on ASMC, visit asmconline.org. We introduce regular product giveaways happening here on the Jeep Talk Show every month and sometimes every week. The world's most downloaded Jeep podcast will be giving you, the listener, a chance to win serious gear from major companies that you know, love, and trust. You want a chance to win tires, suspension components, maybe more? Listen every week for your chance to win big. All right, people, it's time for the Toledo Jeep Fest. Finally, we've been uh, talking about the Toledo Jeep Fest here for a few months now. It's finally time. So uh, if you didn't already know, well, you probably haven't been listening to this show, <laughs> Toledo Jeep Fest is this coming weekend, the 12th, the 13th, and 14th. And, of course, our illustrious Chris, he's uh, he's actually in the Zoom meeting tonight, uh, is going to be out there. He's going to be handing away uh, Jeep Talk Show stickers. I want to say free because I think he's going to make you scan something first. Uh, <laughs> we may find out more about that later. But Chris is going to be out there in a nice bright red uh, polo shirt with a Jeep Talk Show logo and a nice bright red uh, baseball hat uh, with a curved bill, not the flat bill like what Chuck does, uh, these crazy kids these days, and uh, with also a Jeep Talk Show logo. So you're going to have to go out there and uh, pester the hell out of Chris, ask him a lot of questions, uh, ask him what Chuck really like. <laughs> the Jeep Talk Show, the official podcast of Toledo Jeep Fest. Uh, Toledo Jeep Fest coming up this weekend, uh, August 12th. What a great Jeep event you don't want to miss. Go to Jeep uh, Toledo Jeep Fest. Dot com. I'm so so used to saying uh, JeepTalkShow.com. No, go to ToledoJeepFest.com. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network podcast. The Jeep Talk Show also is the official Jeep podcast of Mr. Vanderquack. Keep listening for weekly updates about Mr. Vanderquack and his mission to... How many people are there going quack? Have we trained you yet to say quack every time we say Mr. Vanderquack? <laughs> Keep listening for weekly updates about Mr. Vanderquack quack, and his mission to help the children of St. Jude. Go to MrVanderquack.com. That's MRVanderquack.com. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Wendy. There will be body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's It's good for my soul. Chuck. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think that's a huge deal. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. Next in Tire, we got you. Find out more about the tires that are on the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, the Nexon Tire Rodian MTX at NexonTireUSA.com. And, oh, by the way, uh, Paul over at NexonTireUSA.com signed up to be a, a guest right here on our question and answer coming up very soon. Hey, are you new to the roundtable? Perhaps new to the Jeep Talk Show? Well, welcome. The Roundtable is listeners like you that connect with us on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. You don't have to be invited. You just need a Zoom meeting link and password. Everyone is invited because everyone has an opinion or something to share. To get the meeting invite information, subscribe to our newsletter at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. All right, we're going to be talking with Kevin tonight, and I think you guys are going to be very interested in what Kevin has to has to tell us, uh, and more importantly, what he has to uh, help improve the oiling of your uh, uh, very important Jeep engine and, and several other engines as well. Uh, Baxter Performance is the leading manufacturer of cartridge to spin on oil filter adapters, as well as cartridge to remote oil fill adapters for Stellantis, Toyota, Ford, and Subaru. They continue to expand their product offerings that will soon include GM, Mercedes, Volkswagen, Audi, and others. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much for being with us tonight. We It was very interesting finding out about your product. I think you actually uh, reached out to us uh, to, to let us know about the product. I had no idea things like this even existed. Yeah, thanks a lot, Tony, for this uh, opportunity to talk about our product. Um, yeah, we uh, we got into the, uh, the Jeep line uh, just about a year ago providing uh, oil filter adapters for the 3.6 liter uh, Pentastar engines that they've actually built um, over 10 million of us. I think that was like 
2017 at that point. It's their mainstay V6 engine. It's used in other applications as well besides Jeep. It's also used in uh, ProMaster vans and uh, um, other vehicles in the uh, Chrysler uh, basic lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I, I know we had spoke earlier uh, about uh, just the, the, the question and answer session on the roundtable tonight. Uh, and uh, you had mentioned uh, the, that the, the Jeep 4.0 liter is like almost the perfect engine, and they actually did it right with the oiling. Well, they did because uh, the whole thing is where is this uh, oil uh, filter mounted and uh, what kind of oil filter is it? And if it's a uh, um, spin-on oil filter and it's mounted underneath the engine with an anti-drainback valve, you're preserving more oil post-filtration in the engine so that you get faster oil delivery and pressure at startup. Uh, with the Pentstar engine, it's almost quite the opposite in the fact that it's a cartridge filter that doesn't have any kind of anti-drain back and it sits right up on top of the engine. And as a result, it drains out in about 35 minutes. And when it does that, it takes the oil cooler with it. So that virtually every time you start the engine, it has to pump it back up to the filter, the cooler, and then back into the engine midships to the main oil galley above the crank and then back up to the heads. And like the left head takes almost three and a half seconds to get uh, oil pressure. Uh, and, uh, and that's never a good thing. Now, I don't know if you want to share this. You can always just say pass on any of these questions I ask. Uh, but uh, you have a background mm-hmm. in, uh, in engines, and this is how what brought you to this product. G- could you give us a little bit of information on, the, on your background about engines and, and what you've done? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I started back in, uh, with aircraft. And as a matter of fact, I'm an aircraft mechanic and inspector. And um, so I have a very good knowledge of engines and uh, how they work. And, uh, uh, but I was just doing a simple oil change on my wife's new uh, Toyota RAV4, and, and it had a cartridge filter on it. And uh, I had to actually use a breaker bar and, and my left foot against the uh, driver's side front tire to actually break the thing loose. And when I did get it apart, I noticed that uh, um, be, besides being difficult. Uh, it was also something that was uh, lacking in any kind of anti-drain back, so it wasn't able to preserve any in, uh, engine oil post-filtration in the engine, so it was flowing back on the filter to a level of equilibrium at the base of the engine. And uh, so knowing that that couldn't have been a good thing, I decided to make an adapter, and, uh, and uh, here we are today just expanding into other ones as well. So the the and you correct me on this if I'm wrong because I I don't have yeah. uh, very much information on this. So the whole point of what these uh, what what your product does is it keeps the oil up in the engine uh, where it doesn't uh, you don't have the uh, so much of the metal to metal mating time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So every engine has a, a certain degree or time of dry starting, but with today's engines. The crank doesn't even turn 90 degrees before it actually catches, right? And But it's running. And so uh, it's not like the good old days where it turned over a couple of times before you had to put on the choke and everything and crank it. And uh, while that was going on, the oil uh, pump was working and it got kind of a head start. Well, now you get combustion right away and and, uh, and without even a full rotation of the crank. And um, so everything happens a lot faster. And as a result, it needs oil a lot faster. So without able to retain oil and give it a head start to get where it needs to be, there's greater engine wear. As a matter of fact, I have a cam lobe here from a uh, 2018 Jeep Wrangler with 42,000 miles on it. And I'm not kidding when I say that the uh, the cam lobes are worn one sixteenth of an inch off oh, there. Oh, goodness. The yeah. So... You know, it's just, and it's not about the number of miles you have on your vehicle, right? So, I mean, people say, well, I've got 300,000 miles on my rig, and, you know, but it's, it's all about the number of starts. It's probably the soccer mom who goes to the grocery store, drop the kids off, you know, go here, go there, and everything, and starts and stops several times a day. That's probably worse on an engine, you know, not the person that has 300,000 miles that did it in, you know, like five or six years, you know. So, an engine's happy when it's running. It's that's, Starting and stopping all the time that uh, really wears on the engine. Mm-hmm. And I would think that the stopping is okay because the, you have the oil pressure there when it stops. 
uh, but the the stopping is when it starts the the oil uh, moving away from the the components. Uh, like well, you that, said, that, it, it took several minutes for it to to, to go away. So uh, yeah, and, yeah, and it, it, so, uh, and I would assume that because of those minutes that it takes uh, for the engines to drain of oil from their components, that this new start stop thing that everybody is using or mandated or whatever is is not necessarily detrimental to the engine or is that wrong is the start stop bad on the engine no you know i mean how long are you stopping for so there's certain periodic you know intervals that will you know be more detrimental than others i would say the stop start in and of itself is not the detriment however you get in a hybrid and the engine's going to be off for several minutes and now it starts up again and in that situation uh, especially like with Toyotas and everything, or even the e-torque standard they're using in the Jeeps, um, that can be, um, you know, cause excessive wear. Like I say, just, you know, give it enough time to drain back, but it can't supply oil pressure when it does start up. You can't supply it fast enough. That's going to be a problem, especially with cam phaser gears, uh, cam chain tensioners, those items that simply rely rely on the hydraulic pressure to um, for those items to work properly, right? They have to engage, and they have to engage with hydraulic pressure to do it. And as the engine oil, it does it. Yeah, the engine yeah. oil is often said it's the lifeblood. It's somebody's commercial. It's the lifeblood of your engine, and uh, is, is very true. I, I neglected to mention this at the top of the uh, top of the show, uh, and I love having this information out there for our listeners and our, also to our Zoom people. Uh, you, the mm-hmm. the website uh, for uh, Baxter Performance is Baxter Performance. USA.com. And I think everybody knows how to spell Baxter, B-A-X-T-E-R, in case you don't. Baxter Performance, mm-hmm. USA.com. And Kevin, I, I got to complain uh, about your website. The uh, the vehicle what? that's right there on your front page, it's not a Jeep. What the hell's wrong with you? I know, I know, right? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, the, the Bronco has a worse problem. <laughs> oh, it's, 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 it's only, only for a good out. reason. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it drains out in 18 minutes. Uh, you know, it's got the Pentastar engine beat, the 2.7 and 3-liter uh, EcoBoost engines with the inverted uh, cartridge filter sitting on top. It totally drains back. And, and, uh, and of course, it's a turboed engine. takes the turbos with it. And uh, so <laughs> having a lack of oil pressure on that engine is even more detrimental. And, and uh, so, yeah, what, that's, what, what that's do they why call, that picture's there. What do they call it? Uh, uh, engineered obsolescence? <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to let you say that. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to get sued. So. It's, it's the iPhone. <laughs> it's the iPhone of vehicles. No, I think if, yeah. if you like a, if you like a Bronco, that's fine. Like a Bronco, get a Bronco. I'm just saying it's not a Jeep. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, yeah. And again, you were telling me earlier on the conversation before the interview that uh, you actually think the, uh, the, the 3.6 that's like in the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator is actually a very good engine. In as much as it's a good engine, but not such not so sure. good as far as keeping the oil uh, in where it needs to be for startups. Right, it's been a very robust engine. Uh, it lacks a little bit for the oiling system for sure, for sure, and then we we cure that problem. But the engine's built very well overall, and there's a lot of them with high miles and you know on there. You know, I'm going out, you know, and all these service vans and everything, and it's been. In, existence since the uh, 2011 model year but that came out of daimler chrysler um and when they started developing that engine back in 2009 and uh and it's held up very well so much so that it is their mainstay engine and like i said they built over 10 million of those things as of a few years ago i'm sure they're at 15 million plus now and uh they aren't letting up um but you know there's just some failure points that uh, oiling system the upper unit they actually call it an oil filter adapter i don't know what it's adapting to but anyways it contains the oil filter and the cooling unit and uh and they've had problems with leaking on the seals with those and dorman now has come out with an old metal unit and when that's married with ours it's really bulletproof right because they got it uh whole all of its uh metal now and replacing the plastic and also has our adapter and that just makes it very uh, very very uh resilient so um and it, definitely makes it uh, more reliable in that fact but now we're coming out and will in the next few weeks as a matter of fact they're in production now um, is a remote unit so one of the big things that goes on with the uh, pentastar engine that relies on a very small oil cooler exchanger for the uh, with the engine coolant 
And uh, now we're able to plumb out of that system and get to an external air to liquid exchanger for the oil cooling and get it back into the engine. And uh, so nobody else uh, makes a cooling system or makes it available to do so for the Pentastar engine. And we'll have that out in just the next few weeks. We're in production on it right now. Very cool. Yeah, I told you, I think the cool thing to me would be uh, me coming up with a product and people actually trusting enough to buy it. That's got to be fun. Uh, just selling uh, selling the products and people uh, getting great use out of a, a great idea. So you don't have anything, your company doesn't have anything for the 3.8, the Jeep 3.8. It's just the 3.6. Is that correct? Well, and, and only because there's so many other manufacturers out there that make adapters for spin-on uh, oil filters. And um, to either change the size of the oil filter you're using or to remote out to do those things like add oil coolers or accumulators and things like that. But uh, nobody else uh, makes what we do. We're exclusive to the marketplace on Mm -hmm. these. And we produce a very high quality um, bullet aluminum machined uh, pieces. And, uh, of course, with the like our Pencilstar adapter, we have an outflow check valve that's full flow. And uh, we also have. Um, it's equipped with a Schrader valve, so now that you have an inverted spin-on filter, you can't just take it off and just make a mess. So we have a Schrader valve on the side of it. You just bump it with some compressed air, you know, like you would a tire, you know, with an air chuck. You can do that for just a couple seconds, and it blows down the oil out of the filter. You remove it. It doesn't uh, spill a drop. Very cool. So the whole point of, uh, of your device is to keep the oil in the engine for that first start. So it makes the components last longer because you're not wearing the components, uh, the, the more metal-to-metal thing. So this is about increasing the longevity of your engine. Absolutely. And we're just giving the oil a head start to get to where it needs to be faster. That's all it is. And without it, it has to fill up these other systems before it even gets to do its job. So I guess I guess you could look at this like this. Are you going to invest in your engine because you're planning on keeping your Jeep in the long term, or are you one of those uh, folks that uh, keeps the vehicle for a couple of years and gets rid of it? I think a, a lot of Jeepers aren't like that because uh, we do a lot of modifications to it. We, we remember the pain or the expense or both of those modifications, right. so we have a tendency to keep them longer. So this sounds like right. it would be a great thing to add to your Jeep engine so that you don't have to it won't be down having engine work done uh while you're looking at all those pretty pretty things that you put on and in it so uh, last question because i know that the 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 zoom people are chomping at the bit if you take this thing and i wouldn't say take it to jiffy lube but let's just say jiffy lube if you took it to jiffy lube is this going to freak those people out like what the hell is this what do i do with this well i mean you certainly have to make them aware of of your modification and we do have a label that actually goes on a conspicuous area of the engine usually on like the engine cover or something and it simply you know tells of the modification also has a qr code that you can flash with your camera take it to our website so that they can see how to service it and see what the uh, filter requirements are most importantly that to, you can they can use this radar valve to blow it down prior to removing the filter so you don't make a mess but it's about, you know, the product awareness has to be with the customer that owns the vehicle and to be able to tell um, other people that might be servicing their vehicle, you know, about the condition and about the modification in general. But, you know, a lot of people that are buying our product, they're do-it-yourselfers too. You know, they don't take it into the Jiffy logo or anything like that. They want to service their own vehicles. And you find that with a lot of Jeep owners. Right. No, Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, I promised that'd be my last question. I have more questions, but I'm going to stop right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, okay. you want to go to BaxterPerformanceUSA.com. So we now join the Zoom meeting, which is already in progress, as, as it always is. They are always having conversations on their own, which is which is fine. But please keep in yeah. mind that what you're about to hear is completely unrehearsed. The opinions may be strong or may or may not reflect the opinion of the Jeep Talk Show. Okay, Zoom people for the, the, the you uh, people that are here every week and and our new folks, uh, if you go to uh, ask uh, Kevin a question or, or your first uh, time uh, speaking, please mention who you are and your general location. If you're in the Witness uh, Protection Program, you can say you're in Hawaii. We don't care. <laughs> so, welcome Zoom people. Howdy. <laughs> the crowd goes mild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So Kevin's here, uh, ready to go. And uh, do you guys have any questions for Kevin? I'm, I'm sure you got several. 
this is John Central Texas. I'll ask the first obvious one. Uh, any any issues with warranty? I'm I'm sorry, you kind of broke up. Uh, did you any, ask about vehicle warranty? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. With a vehicle warranty, it doesn't affect the vehicle warranty. But I will tell you, you can't take it into um, a Jeep dealership and have them uh, change the oil and filter only for the fact that they have to follow their protocol and actually replace uh, the filter with the, um, the one um, designated by the factory. Uh, however, I've, I've seen people, you know, color outside the lines as far as dealerships and actually service it uh, regardless, even though, but, but they don't have to. And so that's, that's the thing with that. And it, it follows much in the line of uh, they may not do a front end lineman if you have a lift kit, you know, too. Um, but uh, it doesn't void your warranty simply by um, the fact that it has an aftermarket device on the vehicle. It's up to the dealership and to the manufacturer prove that your modification caused some sort of deficit, um, be it suspension or engine or anything else. Hopefully that answers your question. Yep, I was just curious. I've got, I'm no longer under warranty or whatever, but I figured that would be uh, someone that has a low mileage vehicle. It sounds like this does the most good if you catch it early. And and kind of use it from uh from the get-go yeah so, yeah. yeah and there's, uh, there's people that, that would call us up and say hey i've got a rattle uh you know at startup and uh, but it goes away after a couple of seconds and i uh, was you know they asked is it going to get rid of my rattle well we can't guarantee it but nine times out of ten it will um this is most likely the the valve train rattling and it might be the result of the cam phasers that require the hydraulic pressure not locking in properly or phasing properly as it's uh, as their name. But um, in any case, that dynamic is taking place until it sees that pressure. So can't guarantee it, but either way, um, it is going to um, definitely um, decrease wear in the engine. What do you got in yours, John? Is it a 3.6 or a 3.8? Oh, 3.6. Mine's oh, a 20, 2017 year model, so... I was happy. To, I was happy to hear that the three six uh, that Kevin feels the three six is a well put together engine. Just needs some help with the uh, the oil. Well, like they said, they've had plenty of practice putting it together. Right? I mean, they made millions and millions of them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they they put them in everything and many different applications. So, uh, and I know that there's a difference in the uh, the JLJT three point sixes and the JK three point six. So uh, I'm not sure if that matters in this product line but i know that the, the engine's been evolving over the generations as well well some of the earlier ones didn't have the variable valve timing and uh so that kind of evolved too and uh some of their injections uh, have changed their heads have changed a little bit um but uh it's basically uh, you know involving the block the pistons and everything else all those major wear items um those really haven't changed much, and uh, and like I say, it's a real robust engine. They did a lot of things right. It's built like a diesel block. <laughs> I mean, the journal's like heavy duty in that thing, and um, it's it's meant to go the you know go the distance. It just like I say, it just fell short uh, when you implement plastic parts and um, um, and, and don't do the corrections um, in a timely manner. Um, yeah, it can have a long term effect on wear for sure. Kevin, this is Chris from Detroit, and uh, I'm curious on how your product packages with, say, someone has a 3.6 with a a supercharger, a power add, or a Sprintec system. I've seen those systems under hood. Do you know if it would still package with that? Because I can imagine if you are adding a power adder to a 3.6, the oiling, to your point about the turbo and the Bronco, is even more critical. Do you know if it packages with a system like that? Well, you know... Yeah, we've had a lot of questions about that, and uh, that's what really drove us to our remote unit. Um, some of these uh, front-mounted superchargers that, you know, face the pulley faces the, the engine, you know, um, opposite like the alternator does on the, on the Jeep where they get it up high. And um, uh, when they crowd that space, um, it's, it would be hard to use, in many cases, our direct-to-spin on filter adapter. However... You really want to go remote if you're boosting anyways because you got more blow-by gases on the piston that's heating up the oil. And I'll tell you a little uh, uh, little-known uh, fact about um, the cooling system on the 3.6 is that 
The oil, as it comes out of the filter, goes to the cooling unit, the exchanger, but it also has a vein that bypasses it completely, and they run in parallel. So the sending unit, the oil cooler, or the oil uh, temperature sending unit, only sees the oil coming out of the cooler. It doesn't see the bypass vein that runs in parallel and then joins back together before it goes back down in the engine. So somebody telling me they're seeing 240, 245 degree um, oil temperature spikes, guess what? You're looking at 300. Wow. And you're not seeing it because the sending unit is sitting too high. It doesn't see the mixed oil. And that it, that's on every Pentastar engine out there. Wow. That's kind of so scary. What we want, yeah. So what we want to do is, right, we want to get it out of the engine. We want to cool it down through an air to liquid exchanger. You know, on a regular, like a oil radiator, basically, right? Put it up in front of your radiator and now run it back to your engine. So you want to get it out of your engine, go to a remote filter, down to uh, a cooling unit, and then back into the engine. When you're boosting, you're just asking for trouble temperature-wise. And the sending unit is not in the proper place to tell you the truth. So I wanted to go back to, to John's question about warranty. Um, the, yeah. the 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 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, it has a 100,000-mile warranty from the dealership. Um, mm-hmm. And in the dealership, it requires uh, you to have your oil professionally changed, uh, whatever the, not YouTube certified, whatever the other one, the actual certification, uh, uh, mechanic certification is. And uh, is this something, like if I wanted to put this on the Gladiator, because I, I plan on keeping the Gladiator for a while, uh, if I wanted to put something like this on the Gladiator, is this something that I could... Uh, take off, take to them, let them change the oil, and then easily uh, put this back on? Well, yeah, you could. You shouldn't have to. But I will say, yes, it's easily reversible. Um, Our unit simply uh, replaces the factory cap and filter. So you screw it in place, you lock it down when the rather unique device that we have on our uh, adapter, it changes... um, one section of the threads. But when you lock, lock it down, it does kind of a shift on the, uh, on the threads internally and internally binds it so that it doesn't move when you apply, uh, you know, uh, screw on your oil filter or unscrew it and, and it locks in yeah, and right in place. But as soon as you remove your oil filter and you loosen that up, you can easily unscrew it, put the factory cap and filter back in place. Absolutely. So is the filter the same, or is it, uh, how does that, well, I, 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 still, I still don't fully understand your unit. I think that, it, in my mind, it's something that keeps the oil uh, up in the top of the engine so that whenever you start it, it the, the components are oiled. Is, so yeah. would I, I, I wouldn't be throwing anything away, the, uh, the, my, at least the way I'm envisioning it now. It's just to take, no. take your device off, put the, 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 the stock, whatever it is. I, I've never done mm-hmm. an oil change on the Gladiator. <laughs> And uh, but the the filter and everything is the same, so you wouldn't have yeah. the problem with the oil staying up because that's the the design issue. So you could literally take the the factory thing off after the oil change, screw yours on, and now you're in business and you're getting that uh, the benefit of the oil staying in the engine for the, the for that start after uh, it's been shut off for uh, you know whatever it is twenty or thirty minutes. Right. I mean, if it was any question that you didn't want to, you know, deal with any politics of a dealership or an oil change or something like that, yeah, it's reversible. And you can certainly, uh, and albeit it uses a different filter once you've converted it, we're uh, converting to it. Okay. With an anti-drain back valve. But our, our adapter actually contains, at least in the spin-on adapter, it contains an outflow um, uh, side uh, check valve. So that... Um, you know, when we first developed this, we, we thought, well, we'll go to a spin on filler with an anti drain back valve and we'll see what happens. Well, we had a camera inside that thing and we watched it for about an hour off a of time lapse and uh, um, we saw one bubble come up and then we were right away, uh, Tom, a partner of mine, and I, we, we go, okay, we need an upload check valve right away. So we didn't even, we saw one bubble and I just thought, okay, it's going to drain out of the outflow side. Then, you know, and they'll get up in there. So, yeah, so that's what we have. And we also incorporate it on, you know, like even the Ford adapter and uh, the Subaru adapter, in fact. But, uh, um, yeah, that, you know, necessity, necessity is the mother of invention. So one thing led to another. And we had to have, we actually designed and we're going to patent on this 
the full flow check valve that we have because it's the only one designed that we could find that this uh, opens on the very end into a large cavity inside the uh, the adapter body. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and you yeah. and again, you don't think that the 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 dealership or whoever's changing the oil would initially have a problem uh, with changing it. There's nothing. There's no uh, miracle information here. It's a screw on, screw off. It's it's a pretty simple thing. You you can use a Mopar uh, spin on filter if you wanted to. It just simply takes an oil filter. With of course you have to match up the the gasket, but um, it's it's not a problem um, with uh, at least one of the Mopar filters that has the twenty two by one point five threads, and that's what the requirement is on the uh, Pentastar adapter. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. My, name's, my uh, name's Rick. I work with Kevin. Um, we've got uh, a couple of um, installations that are going to the dealerships, and they were quite surprised that they went in and there wasn't even a question, and they can't use the Subaru recommended oil filter at that point. So. I mean, there's not even a question. I think they're actually using the QR code. And my recommendation would be having a conversation with your dealerships, your mechanic, explaining it, what it is that you've got and moving forward from there because it doesn't void the warranty and it actually is benefiting the engine. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm taking from it. I just that's uh, my two cents. Yeah, I just need to. Uh, and yeah, you guys have videos about how this thing works, as far as how it goes on, and 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 so on and so forth. I would imagine I probably just need to watch one of those, as as uh, yep. you, the listener, uh, probably wants to as well. I mean, it, it sounds like a very simple and uh, straightforward, uh, thoughtful thing to do for your engine. The uh, the semi the semi serious question I have relative to Rick's comment, um, and it's it's something we joke a lot about. Uh, when we go to the auto parts store to get a part, you're always, you know, what's the make, model, and mileage? And is it a Grand Cherokee or Cherokee or whatever it is? Uh, in all seriousness, do you give a recommendation? Do you have a listing? So when someone like myself, who I do all my own maintenance, can go in and, and just get the filter? Because it's not, it's, if I look up 3.6 liter for my 2014 JK, obviously I'm not going to use the recommended filter that's in all the books. Yeah, and uh, we have a complete uh, fitment listing on the website that you plug in your auto of the year of it, and it it gives you the options of the filters that we recommend to use on the adapter for that. Yeah, it's okay. we're trying to make this as turnkey as possible to where it doesn't. Right, you guys don't have to do the work. We're right. doing the work for you. And another serious question, when I because I like the idea of the spent on oil filter. Uh, is it, and, and I understand how it packages, is it possible to put a taller or a larger filter? Maybe you remove your engine cover, or you notch your engine cover out or, or modify it. I just go the extra step or, or am, am I just, is it, is it redneck logic that Uh-oh. a bigger filter is not going to give me an advantage? Am Chris, I, Chris, I, it's so sexy. Just the idea of having to notch your hood so that oil filter would stick out. <laughs> that would just look badass. I think I, I said engine cover, but yeah, you're, you're right. Tony. <laughs> the, hood, the hood would look cool. Maybe like a I just cool. like the, I like the term redneck logic. <laughs> That's like saying logic twice. Kevin, I'll let you get that one. So, no, there is, uh, yeah, thanks, Rick. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, there is uh, definitely the option to use a longer filter, um, maybe in slightly wider, too. Um, and uh, people have done that. Some people run without their engine cover on their, uh, we call out the specified filters, or recommended and or equivalency, right, on, like, the installation instructions. But to Rick's point, you can actually go to the product page. And uh, so, like, under... Uh, under the uh, the Pentastar uh, spin-on adapter, you can actually look and see that. And by the way, it's for 2014 and newer. The, the, our MS-201 uh, that we have is for 2014 and newer, and we're coming out with the, in, um, the, the remote adapter for the 2014 and newer, too. But um, later on, we will also be supplying adapters for the 2011 through 2013 because those were different designs. They look the same on the outside, but it that actually takes a different oil filter, um, and it's a different internal design. And so we have to design a different adapter for those. 
But uh, yeah, you can actually see the description along with the recommended oil filters uh, listed under all those different applications that utilize um, the uh, uh, the adapter. Um, but that's not specific to the Jeep, right? Because it can be in the Dodge Car- you know, Grand Caravan or the Dodge Durango Charger. It's the base engine for the Charger and Challenger. So there's a lot of other applications out there. But we cover those all uh, in the fitments and reg- uh, recommended uh, oil filters. Yeah, for sure. This is Larry from St. Louis area. I'm a little curious mm-hmm. about when you guys developed that kind of what your guys background are you machinists engineers kind of what was your de- development process you know obviously you don't want to give away the trade secrets but you know what kind of led you down that road well it was like i say it all kind of came out of an oil change um, that i was doing on my wife's uh, 2010 rav4 and uh my background is aircraft and uh um, inspection and so you know, I, I have a pretty good detailed background and understanding of engines. And uh, uh, with that, I know a lot of machinists and uh, things that, uh, you know, so we could get it done. And so it, it just evolved. You know, I, we started with uh, um, Toyotas because it was prolific across their entire engine line from their you know, smallest four cylinders up to the 5.7 like they were putting in the Tundra. Now Toyota has recognized their mistake. It was causing problems because they had no flowback prevention or anti-drainback. And so they actually, you see, Toyota has almost completely gone back to spin on filters. Even the new Tundra has it. Um, but uh, the holdouts are like the 4-liter and the 4-runner and the, and the, uh, um, the 3.5 and the Tacoma and the 2GFRE V6 engine like they use in Toyota Siennas and things like that. But as soon as those engine variants change, they'll be back to spin on too. So <laughs> they tried the cartridge filter for about 10, 15 years and it just didn't work out for them. So yeah, it's a consequence. Yeah. And it was, have, it was hard on the engine. So yeah, they went back to spin on. So uh, you guys may understand this. I'm still not up to speed. Uh, Kevin, what's the difference between the spin on and the remote? Okay, well, the, the spin-on adapter allows you to immediately just put on a spin-on filter, right, and convert from a cartridge. The remote allows you to run lines out and go to a remote filter location. And like in the case of some of these Toyotas, you have to, you know, they have to take the skid plate off or whatever. It's more invasive to just simply oh, do an wow. oil change. Yeah. They want to remotely uh, access their oil filter. But in may, many cases, too, they also want to add extra cooling. And so that allows that to happen. So go from the engine to a remote filter to the cooler and then back to the engine via thermostat, of course, and uh, in most cases. But we have some people running full-on oil coolers without even using a thermostat. Very cool. I could probably get away with that down here in the Texas heat because even during the winter, it's uh, it's usually hot, yeah. hot anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I say, there's a lot of people that are doing towing or they're boosting their engines. Like I say, anything that challenges the engine, especially when you have to use more torque, uh, you're getting more blow-by on the piston, you're heating up the oil more and everything. Yeah, you've got to treat that thing right and get that oil temperature down, which, like I say, on the 3.6, it's really telling you a lie. And I think I might have even told you, uh, you know, in a previous conversation that we had, uh, you know, once you put our system in, uh, you can go ahead and prime that entire system uh, before you even start the vehicle. And anybody listening right now, if you have a 3.6, you can go out to your vehicle right now, get on the throttle, hold it all the way to the floor, get on the brake with your left foot. And if you have a push button, start or key, just go ahead and hit the button, holding that throttle all the way to the floor. It will just turn over. It will not add fuel. And it'll just um, just sit there and crank. And so you're able to do that for three or four seconds at a time for a couple uh, intervals. And now you've completely flooded the engine with oil. And now you go ahead and do your regular start, and you're good to go. So um, that's something you can do, to my knowledge, with every Pentastar engine out there. And uh, even the Fords uh, will do that, too. That's um, just kind of a cylinder deactivation mode. Damn copycats. Copy in Jeep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really cool. I had no idea about this. That uh, so you you press the the gas pedal down again without the engine running. You pa- uh, push mm-hmm. the the gas pedal down, push the brake down, uh, press mm-hmm. the start button, and and the engine mm-hmm. won't start. So so what you're saying is it's not that the it's not 
so bad about the oil not being up in the engine. It's having it. I mean, when it's turning over, the problem is, is that it, it going very fast, like as in running, because starting isn't, of course, isn't as, as fast as running. Otherwise, we could just drive around on our starters. So you can yeah. you can get some benefit out of uh, 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 pumping up your your vehicle. And actually, I guess if your vehicle is sat for a while, that's a, a really good thing to do. Yeah, you know, it, it is. It is. And, uh, of course, with our device, you don't need to do that except for when you do an oil change because, you know, you're going to have the, the system will be empty. And you don't want to do it all the time. It's going to be hard on the vehicle. And I'm not so sure that if you do that so many times that there's a counter within the ECU that might say, <laughs> oh, I wouldn't abuse it for sure. But, uh, yeah, if it's been sitting for quite a while and everything, it's going to be the first start maybe in two or three weeks or something like that for sure. Go ahead and just uh, give it a little, uh, you know, about three or four seconds of uh, of turning over. And uh, if you have a push button start, though, you want to get off the throttle and the brake and then hit the push button. We had a guy in here. He's going, well, I was going there. It just kept cranking. And I said, well, did you get off the throttle and the brake? He goes, well, no. And I said, no, get off the throttle and the brake. <laughs> but the key start is no big deal because it doesn't matter where your feet are. You can simply turn it off. So yeah. it's not a big deal. But yeah. But, uh, yeah, for sure, you can, uh, yeah, you know, uh, there's no harm in doing that. Maybe maybe it's something you have with a pencil star engine that's been sitting all winter long, you know, and uh, you haven't started it. Maybe it's a seasonal driver or something like that. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. do it. Very Even cool. Even if you have ours, for sure, go yeah. ahead and do it. Very cool. And I had no idea. I'd never heard anything about this before, so that's a, that's a great thing. I'll, you know, and, of course, I'm going to have to try it on the, on the Gladiator. Uh, but really, the easiest thing to do is instead of uh, doing that, is just get one of these uh, Baxter Performance uh, Wall System solutions, and you can go over to BaxterPerformanceUSA.com. And uh, Kevin, you know how the kids—the kids love that social media. Where can they? Where they can can they find you guys besides uh, BaxterPerformance.com, the the website? Well, we we're on Facebook and we're also on Instagram. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely come and uh, see us there. We have. Um, a lot of uh, comments and everything. Kind ones also. Um, very, very good. <laughs> well, that's very strange for the internet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we're, we got uh, some great followers. So it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a nice business to be in for sure. Yeah. Good fans. Well, great. I certainly appreciate you being on here with us. I know you were anxious to get on uh, into one of our uh, scheduled interviews, but uh, Chris, who you spoke with tonight uh, on the in the Zoom room, uh, has done such a great job in getting us guests uh, to, for me to record interviews with. We have interviews through yep. November, so we got you on here for question and answer. And I like this format because it lets the listener uh, ask questions of you, and uh, I'm sure these are questions you've heard before. Uh, but uh, it, at least uh, the our listeners are the ones that are asking the questions and, and getting informed. And we hope that uh, the, you, the listener, uh, have uh, benefited from this. And uh, if you uh, if you try the Baxter Performance uh, Oil System solution, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you know, send us in a, a voicemail, send us an email, and uh, tell us uh, tell us your experience, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'd love to share that with uh, our our listeners for the future. Kevin, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, not even a problem. Can I get a plug in here real quick? Tom? Please, go right ahead. So we're going to be at the Great Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, on the 25th through the 27th. And uh, it's a great show. We were there last year. Um, you can't throw a rock in that place without hitting a Jeep. There's so many there. And uh, just a great crowd and everything. And I know you got the gig going in uh, Toledo as well. Unfortunately, we won't be there. But we're going to be down there in uh, Pigeon Forge for sure. Very cool. Uh, Chris was actually uh, trying to come up with an, a way that he could uh, attend uh, the Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion, and uh, I don't know. We'll see how it works out. I think Chris is going to be traveling for us. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you very much. All right, we're going to try to uh, shift directions here a little bit. Uh, Kevin, you're more than welcome to hang in there, but we uh, we recently had a group of our uh, Zoom people, mostly, I think it was everybody from the, the, the Zoom, uh, Zoom meeting that uh, meets every week, Tuesdays at 8 p.m., and, uh, of course, well, I don't think we mentioned it enough. The uh, the the actual episode that you're listening to comes out uh, on uh, Wednesday, and uh, usually Wednesday morning. So we record Tuesday night at 8 p.m. and then we release on uh, Wednesday morning the very next day. So anyway, we had a group of uh, Zoom people uh, that uh, they've they've interacted here on in the 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 Zoom meeting over months or even a year or longer, and they all got together and took a trip out to, to Colorado. 
Now, uh, who wants to be the, the, the leader, the speaker for the Zoom people uh, to talk about this Colorado trip? Everybody's looking at Bill. Uh, right. I, think Rick, I think Rick was wanting to say something real quick or ask a question. Oh, thank you. I, I just wanted to mention that um, we've been putting out to the Jeep clubs, um, and you know how um, I've got a Jeep as well. So, I mean, we're close-knit people, and you don't want a lot of spam. But putting out to Jeep clubs that, based on the information you've heard here, we will put together package deals for you know, multiple part sales to the clubs once they get the information in there. And I think that's the best way to get this education out into the market to people that are really, if you're in a club, you are a jeeper and you know what's going on in the world with your car and you're concerned about your Jeep making it <laughs> through everything we're all going through. So just uh, reach out to us. You can reach out to the uh, website and uh, we'll get right back to you and we can work out any sort of uh, any sort of program that, you know, we'll talk directly and specific to your situation. Very cool. Rick, yeah, I think like- you guys have a really good product. And uh, uh, if you're not already doing gangbusters, I think you, you guys will because – I mean, we. I think everybody knows how important oil is to an engine, and if, if it's not there, especially on starts, <laughs> I, ever, I think everybody can understand how that would be a detriment to the engine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think Rick was referring to a uh, what commonly referred to as a group buy, possibly. But uh, yeah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right, switching gears over to the Colorado trip. Uh, who? Uh, somebody tell us. Uh, did where did John? Did John drop out? I mean, God, John. I mean, uh, this was all your fault, wasn't it? You drop out. I was there. No, no, dropped out of the Zoom meeting. I didn't see you on the screen. Oh no, I'm here. So we've, got, here. we've got quite a few uh, people tonight, so we just kind of pushed it down. I probably was on the second page. So I think I'll let uh, I'll let uh, Bill. I mean, Bill did a, such an awesome job putting together a lot of those uh, GPX files and everything we used for the trip for a lot of the trails. So, I let, yeah, I let Bill. Yeah. So, yeah, te- no. so tell the listener that uh, where you guys went. What was the the goal here besides uh, getting out and driving the jeeps around on on stuff that wasn't paved? Yeah, I mean, ultimately the goal was to, to end up in Uray to you know uh, Colorado to uh, you know go do some some wheeling, but. Uh, Several of us kind of along the way said, you know, hey, let's instead of just taking highway all the way there, let's go, you know, hit some some trails and things along the way. So I think uh, several of us met up in Amarillo. I think good Larry and and uh, um, Garrett and, and some other folks um, meet us up in Amarillo, and then uh, we headed out to the you know the National uh, Great Sand Dunes National Park. There did Madonna Pass, did some camping out there. That was that was great. Uh, Got up the next day, made our way up to uh, Old Monarch Pass and just kind of, you know, took kind of a, a scenic view um, down to uh, down to Creed and, and did some more camping there. So we were kind of doing camping along the way. Um, and then uh, I think we kind of went up and over Stony Pass and Kite Lake and into Silverton and, and made our way to Uray. And I think several of us had uh, uh, hotels there. I think there were a couple of folks, Josh and, and some other folks that... Uh, that we uh, we met up with that uh, I think Josh you were you guys were camping pretty much the the whole time on there so you were kind of popping popping in and out but uh, uh, yeah I think we spent three days doing doing trails in that Ura area I think I counted something like a total of like fifteen different trails um, all different levels you know stuff you know very easy scenic stuff to you know some of the more challenging stuff you know Gypsy Gulch and and uh, you know, like I said, Kite Lake and some of these other trails that were out there. So it was kind of a mix. We tried to, um, you know, the thing that I did like is, you know, we had a kind of a, a planned route to kind of get there and, and to get back. Um, at least, you know, John and I did. Um, but everything in Uray was kind of like just kind of we didn't really have a set plan there. And, and everybody was flexible. We kind of just looked at, you know, what type of rides we had and the, and the skill levels. And we kind of just, you know, each day said, you know, we're meeting at this time and, you know, we're gonna we're gonna roll out, and we kind of just put a plan together for the day. And so, I think it really it just really worked out. If I look at all the days that were that you know that we wheeled out there, there really wasn't a a bad day on there. It was 
it was great. It was a lot of fun, you know, getting to hang out uh, with people in the evening time. You know, the temperature was perfect. It wasn't 100 degrees. <laughs> just hanging out, having some drinks, you know, and just, you know, chatting with, you know, new friends and, you know, and folks that we kind of met on the, on the, you know, the, the show here. So it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. And certainly I think we were already talking about, you know, doing something again next year. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I think it's great. And did I state it correctly? You guys basically came up with this uh, because of the uh, because of the Jeep Talk Show. You you knew each other because of uh, the Zoom meeting and uh, the show. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, late last year, I think November, I think around November time, we just started kind of you know chatting with uh, some of the folks there, and we kind of put it out. Said, you know what? Let's make some reservations. Let's go to Colorado. You know, next next August, and so. You know, several of us made reservations and, uh, you know, we had, you know, something that uh, we were just planning out over the years. So it wasn't a, a, you know, JTS sponsored event. You know, it was kind of just a bunch of folks here that, you know, got to know each other and, and kind of became friends, you know, getting together and just hanging out and wheeling and, and having a good time. So it was great. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I think we kind of, the number of Jeeps we had kind of fluctuated. We had, you know, some people that would kind of go off and, and do their, their own thing certain days. And, and we had some people that kind of popped in that we met up there that, you know, maybe they, they joined for a day on, you know, so the, the size of the group just kind of grew and, and shrunk over, over the days, but, but it was great. It was a, it was a great time. So. So John, I know you take, uh, took your, I think 12 year old daughter uh, with you. What did, uh, what was her uh, estimation of this trip? Did she, did she like the camping? Uh, Cause I know you were concerned about her actually <laughs> being outside and camping. Oh, she loved it. I mean, she was, uh, believe it or not, she was excited to go to the bathroom in the woods. That's something that <laughs> very, very weird to her or whatever, but you know, she was, uh, she was, she was excited. She had a good time overall. I think that uh, sleeping in the tent was no problem for her because She's one of those that could sleep anywhere kind of yeah. thing. I think I had more problem with it than she did. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just, I mean, overall, it was funny because I thought that, like, you know, it's hard to judge whether or not they're having a good time because, you know, right. when there is internet service, the faces in the phone kind of thing. So, uh, but luckily on all the trails and stuff like that, she didn't have that ability. And so she was really kind of looking out and, and all the old mining stuff that you see everywhere, the tails coming out, the old mine shafts that are in there. Uh, we went up to Animus Forks on one of the days, which is this old ghost town way, way up. I think it's at like 11,000 feet. And we got to go in and out of the buildings and kind of look around. So it wasn't, you know, fully just rocking around. My Jeep rocks pretty bad, as you can see in Larry's YouTube video that he, that he posted. Um, so, I mean, it was, all in all, it was really good. And I think what the telltale sign is we started talking at the end one night around the, the picnic table about, you know, next year. Yeah. And I don't want it to end, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mentioned something about possibly going solo and she gave me uh one of those like don't even think about it kind of kind of things she was like i'm going too so oh that's uh, right she had a, she had a great time it was, it was pretty awesome she uh she liked hanging out with duke like she, oh who doesn't <laughs> who doesn't like hanging out with duke Where, where's duke at where's duke at yeah <laughs> can, I, can i feed him some of my uh, mcdonald's or something so uh duke says yes larry says no uh duke is uh larry's uh, very large labrador is is he a labrador larry he's a labrador i also nicknamed him on the trip my ready lab heater <laughs> yeah cause it because it was it was you had some uh, very uh, uh frigid temperatures on some of those nights didn't you yeah that's i found out that i've got i've got a fairly good camping setup for 60 degree weather <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> it got down to the high to the high thirties. Uh, it gets a little chilly. What did you tell me? You were like trying to get Duke in the uh, sleeping bag with you, and he's like, "No, I'm not interested in that." And then he goes, "Well, oh, it's warm in here. I like this." Yeah, the minute he warmed up, he, he quit fighting. He's like, "Well, this ain't all bad." <laughs> Oh, that's great! Better than a uh, uh, what is it? Those water heaters, those little things that you see on the old uh, the old timey cartoons and stuff, or old timey shows. Yeah, hot water bottle. <laughs> hot water bottle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's great. Well, uh, yeah, I, I wish I could have gone. Colorado is definitely a destination that I'd love to see. Uh, was this the first time for everybody, or uh, is it a repeat for some of you? The repeat. I've been out yeah. there. It's my third time out there, so I kind of got designated the 
the, the, the expert. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure well, I'm sure John was was real happy. He was like, "Oh, you're 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 uh, you're in charge of the trail lead now, like we do with him." Uh, well, the advantage <laughs> being the trail lead is you don't get all the cracked windshields. So everybody, <laughs> how many windshields did we did we crack on this trail? Well, oh no, counting, counting mine coming back to New Mexico, three. So I think we had. Uh, I think Kevin had a crack on his. Larry, you got one on yours. And then uh, you got a baseball size. Yeah, I got a giant. On the, guy on the trail, those got cracked on the trail? No, mine got tracked on the highway on the way back. So I'm, yeah, so what I need to do is the next time you guys are going to do something like this, I need to get it sponsored by State Farm. So, because you know this is helping their business. <laughs> well, that'll be a truth. Tony, you need to get out there to have fun and truly test that Gorilla Glass. That's what I was thinking. 2021 Q Talk Show Gladiator. <laughs> yeah, we need to get the Gorilla Glass sponsor so we maybe get a group oh, discount. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's that's better thinking there. That's maybe, good. We, uh, maybe we tag them in an Instagram post with all three of the <laughs> windshields and say, hey, help. <laughs> Well, so, even uh, better, even better tech safe light. And they'll see if they'll do one of those silly little commercials where, where they show the woman comes out of the doctor's office or something. And she's so distraught over the cracked windshield. The guy actually comes out and changes it right there. That's, that's not reality, but it's funny. See if they'll come out on the trail at the campsite and change it up for you. You know, what well, grows Duke up for that? This is, yeah, <laughs> this is going to be a huge market. I can't believe they're, they're not doing commercials for Jeeps because everybody with a Wrangler or one of those flat windshields has, has had a problem. I mean, my God my gladiator wasn't of a year old and i had like three uh serious uh long cracks in that windshield so yeah but that's kind of like going in a grocery store and you're standing in front of people who are hungry they know you're coming it's just a matter of time <laughs> advertise- yeah you're right they don't advertise to you. you know one thing i will say and you'll probably like this one uh um tony gotta give props to josh he had that xj up in places that was you know, that was surprising a lot of us. I think yeah. when we first met up with them on Madonna Pass, he was hung up a little bit uh, in a hole. But other than that, I mean, the top of Yankee Boy Basin, I remember I kind of got out of my Jeep and kind of ran back because I thought it was going to need spot help getting up it. But he climbed right up in that little XJ. Hey, was that, oh, yeah. was that Jeep still rolled over in Yankee or did they pull it out? There was nothing there. Oh, yeah. When we, when we went up there, there was a Jeep that was rolled over up there. Yeah, and Andrew, yeah, I wanted to ask why that. why why didn't you want to go with the rest of the group? Was was there something? Was there a UFO meeting? Uh, something the CIA had you involved in? I mean, because you <laughs> Cause went I up there, to, you went up there like two weeks before they went. Because I wanted to go to Moab as well, so uh-huh. I I went with some other friends uh, to Colorado, and then we tailed in into Moab. <laughs> That's why. Well, it sounds like you guys had a had a really good time, and uh, and also too, I didn't mention uh, a lot of the planning and stuff was done. Uh, using our Discord server, so uh, you guys can it, it's it's free. Uh, we'd love to have you there. It's kind of like uh, as the Zoom people have said, the the Discord server is kind of like the kind of like the Zoom meeting, except it's a like twenty four by seven uh, chat server. And there's actually a channel uh, there on the Discord, our uh, Jeep Talk Show Discord uh, server. That uh, I'm just trying, trying to pull it up real quick. Twenty twenty two August. Uh, Colorado trip is uh, where they did a lot of the planning, a lot of sharing of the maps and stuff. And if it was anything like the 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 uh, the Jeep Talk Show event, I'm sure that the map changed several times. So there were there were updates getting there. So you need to come over and uh, join us on the Discord server. And to do that, you just go to our newsletter. I'm sorry, not our newsletter. You just go to our website, uh, which also has the link to the newsletter at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Just scroll on down through that page. You'll see all kinds of crap that we're, that places you can go, things you can do uh, with the Jeep Talk Show. And, uh, you know, we'd love to, for you to share. Uh, we'd love for you to attend and we'd love for you to share about the, our, uh, our roundtable episode every Tuesday night is when we record 8 p.m. Central Time. We can have up to 100 people in the Zoom meeting at one time. So don't feel like you're going to crowd us out. Get your friends and everybody here. I personally want to hear what it sounds like with 100 people asking questions of our guest or answering questions on the roundtable. And, and we do that here on the roundtable. We don't always have a guest, uh, but uh, that's something new that we've just started, and it's, it's working out very well. It's it's wonderful having a guest and uh, finding out about great information about things like uh, Baxter Performance Oil System Solutions uh, that we had tonight, speaking with Kevin uh, and uh, Rick uh, from, uh, from there was here. And that's the other thing. You know, if you're going to be doing a, a question and answer here, 
uh stack the deck uh invite your your people <laughs> they can join in here and uh maybe they want to ask questions of you too hell maybe they want to complain about something that would but that's a that's a just great podcasting <laughs> a good little drama in there all right so uh until next week oh let me see real quick i think uh we uh we have another guest next week uh and uh yep yeah. oh this is one that you uh for sure want to be able to be here for kevin uh rick you guys might want to be here too tony pellegrino uh is going to be with us next week so you can come talk to uh, tony pellegrino and uh, ask him great questions you know he was here recently he's with genright.com uh his business and uh you know he does the king of the hammers is a big thing for him maybe you got some king of the hammer questions uh and uh, that uh, that might come from uh, the uh, the conversation we had with Tony in his interview uh, relatively recently. So Tony from Genrite, Tony Pellegrino will be here next week. So uh, tell your friends uh, if you want to come uh, talk to Tony. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'll do whenever somebody says, Tony, let me ask you a question. I guess I'll just have to take a long delay and make sure it's uh, Tony Pellegrino they're asking. Anyway, have a great night. Thank you very much for being here. And uh, we will catch you next week. Podcasting since 2010.